1: From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey Coach, uh, welcome to the podcast today. Before we jump in, I would like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market, bar none. They are awesome. They rock. Uh, Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off um those machines are sturdy they they will not break down they were like my old explorer They run 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 um also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better it's your one-stop shop for basketball coaches um it's unlike anything out there you know you can join all these other courses but i'm guarantee you don't get their cell phone number you don't get one-on-one calls you don't get you know hey tuesday i need to call with you um, that's what teach makes teachhoops.com different. We have everything you need to become a better basketball coach. Doesn't matter if you're youth, doesn't matter if you're high school, doesn't matter if you're college. We're here to help. We're here to mentor you through this great journey we call coaching. All right, let's head off to the podcast.
0: Possibly. I'd still have to really I don't I wouldn't buy into it right off the get-go, I'll tell you that. Right. Uh we prefer prefer an intense man to man. I'm not huge on zone. Uh, I've had teams where I've had to run zone because they weren't very good in man-to-man. Uh, but if I have my preference, it's man-to-man.
1: What did uh, you do in your AAU program?
0: Man-to-man. I man, I straight man-to-man. I, My humble belief, again, is that in AAU, you've lost the the understanding that it's development.
1: It and, is. I swear to God, so, it should be against the law to play zone. Like yeah, at that
0: I've been pushing hard, even when I was an AAU coach.
1: Yeah, that's right, I was what I pushing meant. hard, yeah. yeah, to
0: eliminate zone and eliminate the press until the fourth grade, at least. At I'd least, six, at least
1: but, it should be middle school, probably. But yes, yeah, I know what you're saying.
0: I, I was pushing for sixth grade, but uh, they still haven't done it. Um, intensity is a staple of everything we do. That um, that has to start at the top. You have to be intense from the top, and intense is so often i believe misunderstood intense doesn't mean angry intense doesn't mean uh in your grill i don't believe that that to intensity is 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 passion on fire in my mind you're literally taking your your passion you're up and up and at a level and you're saying i'm going to be the baddest son of a gun on the floor right now at this moment in the uh and then everything's a competition so um Everything we do, every drill is a competition. There's a winner and there's a loser. And I believe that that's important because there's always a winner in life and there's a loser in life. And so it might be two push-ups, but there's a consequence.
1: Right. It doesn't matter what it is, to be honest. No. With. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the loser has to say three nice things about the winner. I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. As long as there's a winner and a loser. Um, yes. Yeah. I, the, the competition part is so important. I agree.
0: Consistency. This is In my belief, one of the most important parts of a coach's uh, repertoire is consistency. Uh, Our practices will reflect gameplay.
1: Okay, so hold on. I'm going to dive into this a little bit because I've been doing a lot of practice stuff. So what do you mean by that?
0: Um, So the intensity that I expect my players to play at in a game is the intensity that I expect them to practice at. Okay. If, If they feel like they're... God's gift to a drill. And so they're going to half throttle through it. They're going to probably hope they didn't do that. Uh, really, it only takes one time. Um, and then they realize, yeah, that's probably not a great idea. A lot of that goes, a lot goes with that as well, is communication. All of the parts that we've, we've already talked about, communication. I expect that in our practice, we're going to be communicating.
1: It's such, um, a, it's such a such a skill they're not good at, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's so bad. And it,
0: like I tell my post guys, Hey, is there a chance that I could get you to text the, the wing and let hey, him know? Man, no.
1: How do you, so I'm going to jump into practicing because it seems like this is a, you're talking about a little bit here. How do you practice plan? Like when and where and how?
0: So, um, I, every practice I have is script is scripted. Okay. Um, there's some fluidity in it, but everything's done with the time.
1: And when do you do it in a day? When do you do your practice plan?
0: Oh, when I do, I do my practice plans first thing in the morning. First
1: thing in the morning. Okay. Because yep. I'm always asking different coaches. If you could only pick three things at a practice to do, what would they be?
0: Fundamentals, defense, intensity. Those would okay. be the three things.
1: Okay. And how long do you tend to go? So
0: I, I broke it down the way that I do a, a practice. We're allowed three hours. Okay. Uh, maybe the first couple days during tryout will go that long. But typically, I want them I in and out in two and a half hours. No individual drill will ever go longer than 12 because I believe that they'll lose their attention.
1: Do you use your clock during practice? Absolutely. Okay.
0: And uh, let me back up. It depends on the team because there are teams that I've coached that look up at that clock and think, oh, gosh, I only have this much longer to do right. this drill. And so I've turned it on and I've turned it
1: on. Yeah, I get that. Do you have any Do you have any hints for for transitions between drills?
0: So um, I, I don't allow any walking. So – Everything's a jog to the next drill. Okay. Um, uh, and then what I do is I have different – so I have my captains on the team. They're the transition makers between drills. So it's it's up to them to determine the, the speed at which we're going to get into our next drill. Okay. Okay. So I share my practice plans with my captains. That's why I do it in the morning because I give it to them before they go to school. So that way they've got it, and they know when we get to practice – this is what we're going to do and this is what my, what is expected of me
1: okay awesome great great so, golden nuggets there perfect keep going that's perfect
0: um yeah appreciate that um so um uh discipline when needed is always with a ball i'm not a i'm not the guy that says line up and run suicides whatever
1: you can't call um, them those anymore code can't oh, call them those anymore you'll get sued yeah. They're fun runs. I call them fun runs. Yes, fun runs, yes. yes. We do fun um, runs with the ball, too. Uh, yeah, we always do. Yeah.
0: So, uh, everything's with the ball. Um, I believe that I don't want them to hate any aspect of Right. And, again, I don't, I've learned or I feel I don't have to have excessive discipline. Uh, it just has to be something to get their attention back and say, right. I'm not playing with this. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may be where I have the whole team do two push-ups.
1: Right, <laughs> you know,
0: um, I have called a timeout when I've been in a game. I've called a timeout, and we've done the fun runs in a timeout for me, right there. And the other team's going, "Holy cow, that guy's crazy!" But you know what? All of a sudden, we started rebounding. Right. We we're down fifteen. We won the game by twelve, and I never had to do it again. And so, um, again, that's being consistent. I believe our our drills will be competitive with intensity. Uh, I, again, there's a winner, there's a loser, and I expect that you're going to give me one hundred and fifty percent. So intensity in that, in that mindset is 150. Some people will say, well, isn't hundred the measuring mark? Yeah. If you want to be average, I'm not okay with average. You know, that, that means uh, that means that you're uh, you're just getting by and then we'll be purposeful about finding something each player does. Right. So for me, that's key. There's a lot, at least in some of the schools that I've coached in, like I was telling you before i had five homeless kids on one team. They they get told enough what they do wrong. Right. And I, and I felt like for that instance, discipline through success, a great way to change their mindset. So every practice, we're going to find something that all of our players are doing right. We're going to congratulate them. Because when you get into that point where you're going to have to chew their butt and it's going to happen, right? they respect it because they know you come from a place of love. Versus a place of arrogance.
1: It's parenting. What I want. I give it my son, but he knows at the end of the day that he, I'm not kicking him out of the house. It's like, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Point of love. yes. <laughs> right? I agree. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so charisma. Uh, for And the definition of charisma is a rare personal quality attributed to leaders who arouse fervent, popular devotion and enthusiasm every practice. So. People would say, well, do they have to be leaders? Everybody in life is a leader. Whether whether you're a leader in the moment, you're a leader in your home, you're a leader leader on the chess table, you're a leader in sports. Everyone should be built to be a leader, to be competent enough to be a leader. And um, I believe it is important to help each player have the confidence to build charisma. I like the little shake and bake on a basketball court. I like it if you're going to step in and come back, have a step back and smile. Right. I like that. Your eyes are up; you're seeing everybody on the floor, and you're not doing it to be arrogant. I'm okay with it. Right. I think it. I think it's confidence. Um, I believe that if you have the five C's, you have what these kids love to call basketball swag. So, in their term, basketball swag, they're basically saying that. They believe that they're the, the toughest, the quickest, the strongest, the best player on the court. I'm okay with having five kids on the court that believe that. I'm okay well, with having five it, kids. On I, my I,
1: I court. we refer to it as you got street cred. You know, do you have yes. any street cred? You yeah. know, because I get I teach them pretty tough kids, and it's like if you got street cred, you got you know, Michael okay. Jordan's got street cred. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely i love that last answer that's a whole different
1: story i've only watched four of them so don't i mean i lived it but i've only yeah. watched four i'm trying to i'm trying to like um it's like having a gallon of ice cream and saying that's all i get i'm trying to slowly eat it over time so <laughs> it right for a longer period uh, that's
0: awesome yeah <laughs> uh and then uh confidence without arrogance is key to mental toughness so um I believe that you have to have the confidence, but you don't have to have the arrogance. And if you can understand the difference between the two, that's what's going to keep your mental or be key to driving your mental toughness and win those close games. And mental toughness is what's going to win the to- close games, in my it opinion. It is.
1: It's, it's, and, that, it's that foxhole test, baby.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. I believe that we can never ever ever stop learning and so right yeah and so it's important that we we receive and we share I believe as coaches things like the books that I put on the slide in front of you not with only each other as coaches but with our players we start out in the fall with a book that we're going to read as a team and when they come to practice, they have a notebook. So every kid in our program has a has a three-ring binder. And they have, and they'll have notes from practice. They'll have keys to the plays that they'll write down after practice. And we're constantly looking at those every practice. And every practice, they have to have their three-ring binder with them. And the reason for that is it's no different than any dip than any uh, uh, class that they have in school. They're they're gonna have a book that comes with it. Our basketball program is going to have a book that comes with it. And for me, that's one of, you know, being in an open district and having so many successful players come to our program, it was key that people understood that there was going to be accountability, there was going to be love, there was going to be teaching, and there was gonna be training.
1: And, I'm a big fan. And, that's a Bobby Knight steal, but I'm a big fan of the Notebook, even though I don't oh, yeah. use it every day. Even though uh, self reflection, I think that's a huge. You know, it's yeah. not. That you go on Amazon, you can buy fifteen of them for next to nothing. But yeah, it's oh a, yeah,
0: and that's and, these are and all good. Bo- these are all
1: good books too. I've read all three of these. These are all you know really good books. Yeah,
0: I, I got a uh, I got that from Bobby Knight off a uh, gosh over that show coaching you. Okay. I think it was on ESPN, anyways, uh, because again, if you're not a student of the game, the game will pass you by. Right. And and Pat Summit was big on that. Uh, if you can't handle me, my expectations of you, and the way that I'm going to coach you, because I am going to coach you hard, then you just as well walk out those doors right now. And that's what I believe is is uh, important. And so uh, I would encourage you guys to always be. A student of the game. Yep. And then, then there's my uh, there's my. Yeah, I'll put
1: all for the people that are people who are driving or jogging or doing exercise. I'll put all this stuff in the show notes so you can get hold of Coach's Twitter handle and all that stuff. Awesome. Okay, Coach. Um, I have some questions for you now. Now it's my turn. All okay. right. So, coaching philosophy. Give me your coaching philosophy in paragraph form, not in book form, in paragraph form.
0: Very good. I believe that I'm going to be a leader and a developer developer of young men. It's first and foremost my mission to see young players be better in life than they are at the game of basketball. But while doing so, I have the opportunity to help them create memories that they're going to be talking 40 or 50 years from now. So They will. uh, For me, that's my philosophy is is developing the next generation.
1: Uh, What do you look for in a player?
0: I look for a can-do attitude one thing that's not allowed for me in practice is the word can't. I don't allow it. Okay. And so uh if they have a can do attitude, they're coachable.
1: What's uh what's the biggest challenge you have as a coach? Uh parents. Uh, <laughs> There's a Bobby I, Knight quote, the best yeah. the best coaching job is at an orphanage. That's the Bobby yeah. Knight. Quote.
0: And and I was sharing that with my wife because she right. was like, "Why would he say that?" Well, because Really, you don't have to uh, deal with parents. And kids, what haven't changed.
1: kids haven't changed. Parents have changed. Kids haven't changed. Parents have
0: changed, yeah. The kids don't change at all. No. And realistically, I found when you set the bar, as, you can set the bar as high as you want to for any kid. They're going to get there as long as you provide them the belief and the tools to get there. Now, I they agree. might think that they can't meet those when they get to the dinner table at night, but they come back to practice and realize they still have that opportunity.
1: And uh, so – yeah i agree i mean i i agree uh how do you defend ball screens
0: so uh depending on the the strengths and the qualities of the team um i i like to fight over the top i i want to i want to stay mono y mono if we're in a in a man's And why why uh because there's some there's a few different reasons for it one is resiliency um especially uh early in the season i want to i want to uh, again, reinforce the fact that they can defend anybody one on one if they choose to do it, and if okay. when they choose not to do it, they're going to go under.
1: That's the biggest from some from guys that from someone that's coached guys in the NBA all the way down to like Division three guys. It's all about if you can defend the ball. Like if you can't, def- that's the difference between a D three guy and a D two guy, or a D two guy and a D one guy. Is really whether they can defend the ball. There's some foot yes. speed, some size issues but you can't, I mean, you don't play a lot of zone in the NBA. You got to be able to defend yeah. the ball. Like yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. if you can't, you got some issues. Um, yeah. What uh, let's dive. I love this question. I always ask this question. Um, so is there one moment in your coaching career that would be beneficial for the listeners to listen to A, a, a success, a failure, something that would be a teachable moment to the listeners.
0: Absolutely. I, I love that question actually um, i have don't think I've ever been asked it uh, before <laughs> well, that's uh, and good. that'd be a great inter that'd be a great interview question uh, it would
1: be it would be
0: for uh, people listening out there uh the reality is is uh so we're in a district game down uh fifteen, going into half uh, against a team we had beat twice earlier in the season, and I come into the uh, locker room and I absolutely. doing push-ups at halftime because i don't even know (laughs) what to say right Right. at this point right i'm thinking i gotta think through this and i gotta i gotta talk myself through this frustration and and it was frustration based on lack of try lack of heart, lack of uh of doing the little things and and so uh i came out of there and i was beyond intense well this team comes back and uh and it was a colorful halftime discussion And uh, this team comes back and they win. And uh, one of the things, the player, one of the players after the game, his mom came up to him and said, wow, what did coach say to you at halftime that turned you guys around? And he said, mom, you like coach, right? And she said, well, yeah. He said, let's leave it at that. (laughs) And so we went to practice and I heard that from another Player right. who was telling me it, thinking that, ha ha ha, right? Right. But it was a smack upside the jaw for me, because I thought, wow, that's not good. That's not. That's not who you I want. want that's be. not
1: who you want to be represented as. Yes.
0: Exactly. Right. And so, although we got the win, win isn't the most important piece of coaching, in my opinion. No. Uh, it's it's in twenty years are they going to look back on at me, and say, he was a good coach. Or is he gonna have stories like many of us have? Like, good God, I'm just thankful I survived those four years in this program. And so it was important for me to understand this. and sorry for the long explanation on this. Oh, no, this is great. for me to understand for me to to embrace this and understand it. It's okay to fail because failure builds opportunity. And what this what that did to me was created an opportunity for me to come into the practice the next day with my entire staff there. They had no clue I was going to do this. My entire team there, all levels, varsity, JV, uh, C, and whatever you have to politically correct, call the other team now. Uh, We had four teams. Uh, But I walked into into the gym and I said, before we start practice tonight, I want to do one thing. I want to apologize because I was out of line i was in that locker room at halftime it might have motivated you guys but fear shouldn't be your motivator to win you guys came out of that locker room with fear on your mind and that's not okay i'll tell you what right then and there everything changed for me still gives me goosebumps to this day everything changed for me then because then i was accountable to them right they understood i was real right and and several years past that now one of my assistant coaches at the time came up to me and he'd been in a few other programs. Now he said, the one greatest thing that I've learned was that moment in time when you did that, you created relationships, you built relationships that will forever last a lifetime.
1: Right. That was a, that was a, that was a teachable moment. You've run businesses. I've run businesses. My brother's run million dollar, I mean, he runs like a huge venture capital company right now. And, yeah. and before he got to that point, He had a lot of failures. Trust me. Like, you know, Bill Gates did not be, I mean, you know, Bill Gates might not be the greatest example, but you know, there were a lot of failures in Apple. There's a lot of failures in Amazon. There's a lot of failures in all these guys before they actually reach what they got to. Um, And it's the same in life. You know, I've, I've failed as a coach lots of times, but I've learned from every one of them. So hopefully I don't do it again. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great,
0: you're not going to know true success you're not going to know true leadership until you've tasted failure.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's that growth mindset. It's, it's the, it's the thing people are talking about, but it's true. It's like you learn from that stuff. The As long as you're not blaming people. Um, What do you think the biggest change in basketball has been in the last 20 I, years, 15 years?
0: I think that the biggest change in basketball has been the commercialization of basketball. It, uh, it be, has become so commercialized that it, uh, I don't think you'll ever take the life lessons and the build, the bonds and the building of all of that away from the game but they've added a level of flamboyancy that I think could easily be removed from the game and still be a quality product
1: oh well, I think so too um, all right so I'm gonna do my rapid fire so these are like one uh, there just tend to be quicker quicker questions um, so uh, hold on I gotta get I don't I'm getting older, and I don't have. I, I'm, I'm denying my readers at this point. I'm denying I need them, but right. Them. Um, <laughs> for all the old people out there, they can they can they can uh, sympathize with me. Um, if you could change one thing about basketball, what would it be, and why?
0: I would uh, get it back to believing in each other and believing in the people.
1: Okay. A, what's your favorite brand of basketball? Literally, the ball you play with. Uh, Baden. Why?
0: because it has a great contour
1: to the leather and it's got
0: when you're because i spin the ball in my in off the floor when it and i'm always looking for the lace and it's just got a great feel on, on the lace
1: okay you're one of the few the, that, that that has probably gotten the least amount of votes of anybody i've asked Is really that, yeah i think so i think that's probably the yes. loser at this point a lot of rock a lot of evolution a lot of spalding um, yeah so i'm just yeah just That's good. That's why I asked the question. Um, One word to describe your ideal player. Passionate. Okay. If you go to one sporting event in the world, what would it be and why?
0: I would go to a Super Bowl. Okay. And the reason I would go to the Super Bowl is because you have a lot of different people with a lot of different passions, and you've got two uh, teams down there fighting it out, mono e mono, and it's just a, you're going to war
1: you answer that question fat that that tends to be one of the harder questions for coaches that you answered that quicker than most people so you knew right. you know what you want to go to yeah oh, there's so many um do you have any superstitions i don't okay i'm not a superstitious guy okay uh what's your favorite pregame meal
0: so i'm a meat and pasta and corn guy okay i'm a steak pasta corn
1: Okay. Um one skill not being taught in today's game.
0: Uh, toughness, I believe.
1: Okay. One thing you do to rely on
0: uh jeep you- to go jeeping. Really? Yeah.
1: What kind of what kind of motorcycle do you have?
0: I got a Harley. Okay,
1: good. Then we're done. If if you were gonna say <laughs> not Harley, then we we're gonna have a discussion. <laughs> if I, was I single, go on a Harley I'd ride
0: every Friday. If I and was a so- single,
1: I'd have if I was single and didn't have any responsibilities, I'd probably have a Harley. But yeah, yeah that's a whole different world um yeah good you have a motorcycle you don't have a fake motorcycle i appreciate that oh no no yeah, no okay from wisconsin guy all right uh one coaching technique you consider important
0: vulnerability
1: okay best basketball player you have seen in person michael jordan who where
0: I, I saw him when they were playing the uh sonics in uh the conference playoffs okay With, back when he was going against the glove that was before the night before who was the on the? Glove.
1: who was was that sigma who was on the sonics at that point that
0: was uh the glove that was so gary payton okay um uh, the rain man camp
1: yeah yeah i remember that okay gary payton okay i remember that team okay um again old guys talking so just ignore us uh <laughs> best player of all time michael jordan He's got like 99.9% of the votes. Uh, Your favorite drill?
0: Uh, Cincinnati
1: 8s. Okay. Can you describe that?
0: Yeah. So uh, my players don't always love it, but you start out on the corner of the baseline. You sprint to half court, defensive slides across, sprint to the other uh, baseline, defensive slide across, backpedal, defensive slide, backpedal, block the baseline.
1: And, And what's it called?
0: Cincinnati 8, so you put eight minutes on the clock, and you do that for eight minutes.
1: they got to be dead after eight minutes.
0: Ooh, boy, yeah. yeah. It definitely sets the tone for your season. One of my first tryouts I ever did, I had them do those with folding chairs across the middle of the court, and they carried the folding chair. Across oh, the my court. God. Oh, I had 16 kids throw up at tryout.
1: That's all. That's Okay.
0: That was a private school, not that a public a school.
1: school. <laughs> you know, yeah. Okay. Um, one thing that helped you become a better coach.
0: Realizing that I had to learn from others.
1: Okay. Um, best game you've seen in person.
0: The best game that I've ever seen in person was probably um, Portland and San Antonio at the uh, at the Moda Center. When uh that would have been
1: last year uh okay. trying to remember
0: yeah, i don't remember the you know wesley
1: time. was wesley's my guy wesley matthews was, i coach wesley matthews you remember wesley oh really yeah nice yeah that's very
0: cool that's good. something you'll never forget
1: yeah he's a good player i mean i'm yeah. glad he's a buck now he probably yeah. i thought they had a chance to win it this year too um <laughs> don't think they do now because no one's gonna no. win it um favorite quote
0: uh favorite quote would have to be um so I I've uh it's it's a biblical verse actually, but it's uh so it's uh Psalm twenty three, four, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me.
1: So Okay. That's no, that's a great quote. Uh one word to describe your coaching style. Intense. Okay, same as your player. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're the first one I think that doubled up. So that's good. Um Best basketball coach of all time. John Wooden. Okay. Uh, You can only pick one book to read or recommend. What would it be? I know you had three on your slide there. You can only pick one.
0: It'd have to be Wooden's success principles.
1: Okay. And my last question I always ask every interview is if you could, and you're old enough to, I've been talking, I had a few coaches that were like in their late 20s. So this question was a little bit harder for me to word. But if you could talk to your younger self, your younger coaching self, what would you tell yourself?
0: I would tell myself to listen more and talk less.
1: <laughs> Amen. No, My gr- that's, <laughs> yes. <laughs> My
0: grandmother used to tell me, boy. Good Lord gave you two ears and one mouth, shut up and
1: listen. yeah I know I wish true. I would have embraced that sooner. Well, and the thing is, I think I think I knew more. I mean I, as I get older, I feel like I know less yes like i've like I've coached like seven hundred high school I don't even know how many high school basketball crazy number of high school basketball games. I feel like I've coached two like yep. and but when I was coaching number number one hundred, I thought I was like ready ready to coach against wooden like, yeah exactly there's something, there's something with youth that it's like yeah. Yeah, it, it's yeah. You you think you know more than you do is what one of yeah.
0: My... Embrace the drive, but but don't forget about the about the why. So.
1: The why. All right. Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate you being on.
0: I appreciate you. Thanks for having it. Appreciate all you're doing. Keep doing
1: it, man. I will put Thank everything you. down in the show notes for the people, too. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you love it and you want to support us, go over and check out ttroops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial as we talk. Subscribe, like, jump up and down, do whatever you got to do. Those Apple podcasts mean a lot to us. I read every one of them. Have a great day.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.